What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of my podcast, Behind the Line. My name is Luke Wilson. I'm your host. I'm a student at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona, majoring in sports management. And today, I'll be providing you with my list of the top 10 forwards in the NBA this season. So just breaking things down to start off, I've been doing a series where I've been breaking down the top 10 players at each respective position. I did point guard and shooting guard, but when I was looking at the list of small forwards and power forwards in the NBA this season, a lot of teams have been playing with big lineups or small lineups. So a lot of small forwards have been playing power forward or a lot of power forwards have been playing small forwards. So I've realized that they're pretty much interchangeable. And so when I made this list today, I was looking at small forwards and if you look at a lot of the small forwards in the past, a lot of them are actually listed as power forwards. Jason Tatum, uh, Kevin Durant, I would Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, and I would I would consider uh, Giannis probably a true power forward. But looking at KD and Jason Tatum, those guys are definitely small forwards. Brandon Ingram uh, was also listed as a power forward, and so it's just one of those things that yeah, the game has become so p- positionless and. I just think that it'd be better for me to just mesh them together as one, honestly, than compare them as two different categories. Because really, when you look at someone like Kevin Durant and you look at someone like Brandon Ingram and Kawhi Leonard, really, they're they have similar skill sets. They're they're respectively very similar, and they can play the same position. And so, I think it's very difficult when you get into that game of just classifying players as different uh, than what they are. So that's why I just wanted to break it down as just forwards in general, because small forward, power forward, really nowadays, they really can do the same things. And you see a lot of small power forwards and you see a lot of big small forwards. So uh, just starting off with things early on, I want to touch on with who I think has had the most impact this season. Obviously, there have been so many injuries uh, just throughout the season. Obviously, the condensed season has not been helpful, especially to these bigger guys, uh, the small forward, power forward, center positions. There's been a lot of injuries. And so This list honestly really varies, and you got to remember, Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant have played 27 games, and LeBron has played 41. So the reason that this person that I have at the top, they're not, I don't think they're the best small forward, but this season, they've been the most valuable, I would say, just because they've been there for their team every single night. And that's nothing against any of those guys that have been hurt. Obviously, I hope that they have speedy recoveries, but this guy, it's, this guy, he's been here for his team every single night, and I have to give it to Giannis Antetokounmpo just because I don't think he has the best skill set, but he's been the biggest asset for his team because he's been able to be at every single game for them, almost. And so Giannis, this season, he's averaging 28 points a game on 57% shooting from the field. Uh, he's also averaging 11.2 rebounds per game, and then he's also averaging just under 6 assists per game at 5.9, but his shooting percentages, like I said, have been good, 57%. And Milwaukee, honestly, with them even being the third seed in the East instead of their usual one, they honestly look a lot scarier. And I think the thing is, they've realized that they can't just play bully ball through Giannis. Not only has Giannis been able to polish uh, some moves, he's been able to have assets around him. The, the pickup of Drew Holiday was huge, not only on the offensive end, but the defensive end as well. Um, that definitely takes pressure off Giannis because... At end-of-game situations, they couldn't give Giannis the ball and rely on him to hit a game winner. You can't rely on Giannis to hit a step back. But now, a year later from last season in the playoffs, I mean, honestly, Giannis has grown so much as a player fundamentally. And just his shot and his touch, I mean, he's shooting the three comfortably. 
And so it's just one of those things that, like, yeah, like, you might actually need to respect him as a shooter uh, if he's hot at the end of a game. Uh, but he's definitely still got a lot of places to grow in. But like I said, he's just a force. He's so dominant. You just, you can't really stop him unless you double team him or zone against them. But now that they have Drew Holiday, they have another playmaker outside of Giannis and Chris Middleton that you really have to be careful on how hard you guard Giannis and how hard you crash on him. But you also look at Dante DiVincenzo. He's definitely stepped up a lot. Pat Connaughton, those two guys have been huge for them this season. And so... It's just one of those things. Milwaukee looks so much better, and I think it all starts with Giannis. Him definitely getting a lot better this offseason and being a lot bigger of an asset, being able to distribute the ball, like I said, just under six assists per game at a seven-footer. It's very impressive. So Giannis definitely, I think, is the most valuable forward right now just because he can play that power forward, small forward. Defensively, he's a great player. I mean, offensively, there's still some things missing, but I think he's got it all going for him a lot better than he was the last two years. But obviously, there's been a lot more competition in the NBA and a lot better players have been emerging as well. Um, but right now, I have Giannis as the number one forward in the NBA this season. Number two, even with only playing 41 games, I do have LeBron James. LeBron, obviously, he's been having a great season. He always does. What, year 18, and he's still in the MVP conversations, and their team is still uh, in the race to win a title. But you look at what LeBron James has brought to LA. Obviously, the, the offense that they run uh, is strictly him. And that's why they haven't been finding success since he's been out. You look at the kind of offense they run, running the, the big forward at the point guard. Uh, obviously, not a lot of guys LeBron's size can move like he can. You look at Ben Simmons, similar uh, Giannis, similar, uh, Kevin Durant, similar, but Giannis and Kevin Durant are a little bit of a different category, but LeBron, he's missed the most games ever, actually, uh, in his career in a single season, but so far, he's averaging 25.4 points a game, which is down from a little bit than normal, um, but honestly, not that bad, uh, 7.9 rebounds and 7.9 assists. The assist column definitely is down from the last five years. Uh, last year, he averaged 10.2 assists, which I think was first or second in the NBA. Um, this year, that's looking at 7.9, but he's been a huge factor for his team. His shooting percentages have been very, very impressive, 51.3%. Uh, obviously, the Lakers are known to struggle without him right now. You look at how they've been playing. They have not been playing very well. And so it's just one of those things that you know he's so valuable. And even with his age, he's just so good that you just you, you got to keep him in the category. You got to keep him as a top three player. I mean, honestly, if he'd played the most, I'd probably say he's the best. Same with Kevin Durant. Those two guys, both, they're so good. And it's just one of those things that with LeBron not playing, the Lakers are just so bad. I mean, even with them having Anthony Davis back, it's it's not like they've been winning games. They've lost four of their last five games. And so it really shows the LeBron effect of how valuable he is because he really elevates the game of Anthony Davis. And you're going to see this with Andre Drummond as well. Once LeBron comes in and plays point guard for them, their size lineup is going to be huge. And that's what I'm saying when in my previous podcast, when I've been saying that Philadelphia, I think is the only team that can hang with them. It's just because of the size matchups. Honestly, I don't think Brooklyn is going to be able to keep LA off the boards. And how Brooklyn's going to have to play against LA is, I mean, how Portland and Boston play right now where your offense is your defense. Like you have to score the ball nearly every single time you have the ball. 
in order to just outpace the other team. And that's what Brooklyn, honestly, is probably going to have to do because they don't have a lot of size and rebounding that they can match up with against the Lakers. I still think Brooklyn could beat LA, but I think it'd be very difficult just because obviously Brooklyn's got to have it all clicking on offense and they haven't had their three stars really play together that much uh, so far. But yeah, LeBron James, definitely, definitely second on that list. I think he brings a lot. The Lakers, they're going to be excited to have him back for playoff time. He's definitely been a huge part of this franchise's success, as well as every franchise he's ever stepped foot in. Uh, but LeBron James, I believe, second best uh, forward in the NBA this season. Obviously, very valuable, but he hasn't been there every single game, which, I mean, one could argue that the reason the Lakers are bad is because he isn't there, and that's why he's so valuable. But I put Giannis as the best forward this season just because he's been there night in, night out, and LeBron obviously hasn't been. Um, but... Obviously, hope to have him back soon. Uh, things are looking good for him in year 18 still. Number three on this list, Kevin Durant. Like I said, similar with LeBron James. Been injured, battling with injury, not been able to play all the games this season. But Kevin Durant, man, there's no one like him in the NBA. You don't see seven-footers move like how he does, especially with the offensive firepower that they have on this team. He's averaging 27.6 points a game. I mean, it doesn't even matter who's on that team. Uh, for the kind of numbers he's going to put up. That's the thing. It's just, you look at how offensive firepower all the teams he's been a part of are, and he's just always, he's he's 25 to 30 a night, no matter what. And shooting percentages, efficient as always, 55.3%. The best in his career so far. He's been the most efficient in his career this season in Brooklyn uh, than he has his whole career. Averaging 6.7 rebounds and 5.3 assists. Just the thing is, Kevin Durant, he's just so good. Like, you, There's nobody like him. He's one of a kind. There's not guys that can cross over and get to the rim as quick as he can that can pull up. He's got his long length where his jump shot is almost un, it's almost unblockable, honestly. I mean, he rarely gets blocked. And I just Kevin Durant, he's just so crafty and so quick. And he brings so much for this Brooklyn offense because he definitely takes a load off of Harden and Kyrie. And I mean, they haven't even had to deal with that yet. But come playoff time... Uh, not all those guys are going to get it super easy. And Kevin Durant kind of brings that load off the superstars. Uh, like in Golden State, obviously Curry getting face guarded. Um, Kevin Durant was a huge part of the Warriors' success because when guys tried to take away Curry, they couldn't take away Curry and Durant. And so that's kind of what Durant's value is for any team that he plays on. I mean, he is the number one option. That's the thing is nobody talks about it, but no matter who's on that Brooklyn Nets roster, Kevin Durant is the number one option. And so that's the thing is you have three number one options on the same team, but Kevin Durant is the guy, even though he may not shoot as many shots as them. He may not score the ball as much as them. He he's their guy. He is the best player on that team, hands down. And so that's what I'm saying is there's no one built like Kevin Durant. So that's why I got to have him at number three on this list. Number four on this list throughout the forwards this season. Now it's time that some respect starts being put on this man's name definitely deserves to be all NBA team this year, without a doubt. Looking at what is going on in this side of the country right now, what this man has gone through as a leader, and definitely building up this young core. So many teams passed up on him and slept on him. Not only did he start in Los Angeles, he also had a career in New Orleans. Julius Randle, right now, I believe, is the fourth most valuable forward in the NBA this season. He's had a phenomenal season, man. Look at New York. Just came off a nine-game win streak. They lost to the Suns, who are the second-best team in the NBA. But 
You look at how Julius Randle has contributed to his team this year. I mean, all the games that are huge for them, he's putting up monster numbers. He's He's had multiple 40-point games this month, multiple double-digit rebound, double-digit assist, triple-double threat. I mean, here's the thing. You look at his numbers. Last year, he averaged just under 20 points a game and under 10 rebounds. Right now, he's averaging 24 points a game with six assists and 10 and a half rebounds. It's just one of those things. It's beautiful what's going on in New York right now. Obviously, the New York Knicks have not been successful for at least six years. And so to see them having their most success they've had in the last six years, it's just it's great to see it because a guy like Julius Randle, who's passed up on by the Lakers, they didn't they didn't think he had the potential they wanted. Same with New Orleans. Now you look at New York. And here's the thing. When you look at Randle, the degree of difficulty of his shots, he's shooting step back threes. How I think a great way to describe him is, is I heard someone on ESPN say it. He's the, the version of Zion that they hoped to see. Where Zion, no, no credit taken away from him. He's amazing. And I'll get into him later. But Julius Randle, he can score the ball off the dribble. He can shoot fadeaways. He can shoot step backs. He can shoot pull-up threes off the dribble. It's just, he's got it all. He can get to the rim. He can distribute the ball. He can rebound offensively and defensively. He has the size and the weight. He's got the frame. He's got the skill set, the IQ. It's just one of those things. He has it all going for him. He can get what he wants when he wants. And you're seeing this with the New York Knicks. He has a coach that knows how to use him right. And that's why the Knicks have found so much success is they've been able to build around Randall, and I think that's huge. When you look at the kind of team New York is, you look at them on the, the, the stat sheet or the box score, and you're going to go, this team doesn't look like they should be as good as they are, but they are. And a huge part of this is Julius Randall and what he brings to his team. So Julius Randle, I believe he has to be, he has to be a top five forward in the NBA this year. I mean, that's why I have him at number four, honestly, is, He's playing 38 minutes a game for this team right now, and they're fourth in the Eastern Conference, top 10 in the NBA record-wise. I mean, you can't argue that the New York Knicks deserve to get the credit. They do, really. They're, they could clinch home court for a playoff matchup, which, I mean, tell me when that sounds like it's something normal coming out of your mouth, because it's not. The Knicks have not been good for years, half a decade, over half a decade. And so to have someone like Randall step in, and contribute and do what he does for this team is huge. And I think that's why he deserves to be number four on this list for most valuable forwards in the NBA this year. He's just been getting the job done on the offensive, defensive end. I think he's got to be in conversation for most improved player without a doubt. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of great people that can be in that category this year. But I mean, honestly, just what he's done for his team, he's top 10 in the MVP race. I'm pretty sure he's number seven right now. And I mean, it's deserved, honestly. Like what he's done is he's been so valuable for this team that they just went from 13th in the Eastern Conference to fourth in a stacked Eastern Conference, a multi-superstar teams above them. You have three of the best offensive players in the NBA on one team. You have Philadelphia, three all-stars. You look at Brooklyn, three all-stars with Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan surrounded. You look at Milwaukee, Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, three all-stars. You have Brooke Lopez surrounding. You have Pat Connaughton. You have Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, it's not like the teams that are ahead of the Knicks are nobodies. They're teams that are full rosters. You look at the Knicks, it's Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. Then who's their third best player? Mitchell Robinson, who's not even playing right now. Alfred Payton, Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson. Like, come on now, Emmanuel Quickly. 
I mean, obviously, the Knicks' success is a huge part of the coaching and Julius Randle, and I think that's why Julius Randle's got to be the fourth most valuable forward. Now, looking at number five this year, without a doubt, Kawhi Leonard. The reason why I have Kawhi Leonard on this list, although he's kind of been hit and miss with injuries, uh, he's still been able to play 46 games. He's just always consistent. Mr. Consistency on both ends of the floor. Arguably one of the best two-way players in the NBA. This season averaging 25.7 points a game on 51.6% shooting from the field. Obviously very efficient. The highest in his career uh, just besides his year 2013 in San Antonio. But he's also averaging 6.7 rebounds a game and a career high in assists. 5.1, showing that he can distribute the ball as well as score the ball and rebound the ball. But Kawhi Leonard been doing great things for the Clippers, obviously a huge part of their success. Uh, just what he can do on the offensive side of the floor, he just gets into these rhythms where uh, he'll just put up 30 points a night for multiple games to weeks. And he's just honestly unstoppable when he's in that mode because defensively, the claw, that's where he got his nickname, uh, just such big hands. He's always in passing lanes, getting deflections and steals and blocks. But when he's offensively dominant, it's just scary because, you know, he's just attacks the rim. He gets the shots he wants. He just, he's honestly the robot. That's what they call him because he's got no personality. But, you know, he just, he's so consistent all the time. Mr. Consistency, it, it his he doesn't really have bad games. His bad games are 20 points a game, you know? And so it's just one of those things, even with Paul George on his team, he's just been so consistent, and this team has been so consistent. This year, they've been a lot better. Uh, the Clippers definitely look like they've been able to piece things together together this year. So Kawhi Leonard, I'm excited to see where the Clippers can go with him in the lead uh, this offseason. But once again, always a consistent player and definitely deserves to be a top five forward in the NBA this season. Number six on this list, uh, I have Anthony Davis. Although he's only played 27 games, he hasn't had a huge season. Honestly, Anthony Davis hasn't really had a good year. Um, but, you know, it's Anthony Davis. He doesn't need to have a good year all the time. He's averaging pretty low in points. Let me check it out for you real quick. But, I mean, Anthony Davis, he definitely, he definitely, uh, has some areas that he can improve on. He just hasn't been very dominant this year, but I think part of that is uh, just the injuries that he's been going through this year. Obviously not been a super good, super good season for him just because he's been limited in games. He hasn't been able to consistently play. Uh, definitely his lowest points he's averaged since 2013, 21.6, but he really has been playing a career low in minutes too besides his rookie year, only 31.9 minutes a game. Huge part of this is the injuries he's been dealing with, uh, the wear and tear on his body. Obviously, want to make sure he stays healthy. Only played 27 games so far, but so far, Anthony Davis, 21.6 points a game on 51.2% shooting, which is pretty good. Uh, 7.9 rebounds per game, which is a career low, and then 2.9 assists per game. But obviously, you look at the addition of Andre Drummond, that's definitely going to affect his numbers as well, and having Montrez. Harold. I mean, they don't need to play AD all the time. I mean, hopefully they do because he's a huge part of their success. But um, once they get LeBron back too, that'll definitely help because those two haven't been able to play together a lot. Uh, but Anthony Davis definitely hope to see some things increase for him. Definitely could have been number two on this list probably or three uh, for top forwards in the game. But he's not just because he hasn't been consistent. He hasn't been around. Um, but when his numbers are right, this team, this Laker team is scary, and he's a huge part of their success, honestly, and just how 
as a power forward, how he can move, how crafty he is for his size and his frame. Defensively, man, he's such a good defender. And I think I, I just hate how Gobert is always talked about as such a good defender because he's a good defender. But you look at guys like Kawhi, you look at guys like Anthony Davis, you look at guys like Ben Simmons, you look at guys like Giannis, they can guard all five positions. Gobert can't do that. He's just an insane shot blocker. And I mean, Anthony Davis has that shot blocking ability. And I think he it should be a candidate for defensive player of the year every single year, but he's not. So I don't know. The brow, hope, hopefully he returns soon. Uh, definitely brings a lot to this Laker team. And like I said, I'm excited to see where this Laker team can go come playoff time. The next uh, forward on my list coming in at number seven is going to be Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics have not had the season that everyone was expecting them to. Obviously, I mean, they have so much firepower on their team where their offense is their defense. And they only right now are barely in the playoff race in the Eastern Conference. They might even have to play in. So it's just one of those things that Boston needs to start pulling it together. But Tatum's honestly having the best season of his career right now, uh, averaging 45.5% from the field, career high, almost 26 points a game, 7.4 rebounds, which is a career high, and 4.4 assists per game, which is a career high. And it's crazy that his numbers have gone up so much because you look at Jalen Brown, his has his numbers have gone up as well. And so it's just one of those things that with both the superstars in Boston, both of them statistically being way better than normal, the fact that they haven't been able to find success is just kind of mind-boggling to me. It makes me wonder if it's Brad Stevens as a coach because this team hasn't been able to get past the hump of the Eastern Conference Finals uh, the last five years. They've been there three times. They could even end up there again this year. Who knows if they upset someone. Um, they have the matchups, but... You know, if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals four years and they don't make a single championship, I mean, it's time for their coach to go. Obviously, something's not right there, but Boston, you know, they, they're they a good team and I'm just not sure why they're struggling. Jason Tatum, he's so smooth. You see so much of Kobe Bryant in him. A lot of similarities with Devin Booker, I think, just in his shooting. He's just so smooth and his step backs have become so much of a rhythm thing. Uh, I just think consistency is going to be a huge thing for him because you look at his games this month. He's had 35 points, 19, 38, 15, 14, 44, 14, 32, 28. You got to know what you're going to get out of your star going into a game. And right now, Jason Tatum, just this month at least, hasn't been able to provide that he can be consistent. And I think if he can establish consistency, this Boston team is going to find a lot more success. Number eight on my list this season for forwards, Zion Williamson. He's been an absolute animal in the paint. Just I've heard that uh, statistically he's the most dominant player since Shaquille O'Neal, which honestly would make sense to me. He's averaging just under 27 points a game right now on 61% from the field. And it's because of how dominant he is in the paint, uh, how many baskets he gets through contact, whether that's in the lane, mid-range, um, but obviously not stepping out and shooting a lot of threes, but he's just so efficient and you can't really ask for much more than him. Uh, he's averaging 7.1 rebounds a game, which is a career high as well as 3.6 assists, but 33 minutes a game right now, 27 points a game on 61% shooting. He scored 362 points in his first 15 NBA games of his career. And there's only been three players to do so uh, in their first 15 games. You look at just how efficient he is and what he brings is defensive have to collapse on him. And now that you have 
a spot-up shooter like Lonzo Ball, that just makes him even more valuable because he can kick the ball out. As you see, he's averaging 3.6 assists. He can find shooters. Brandon Ingram, that makes him so much more deadly because if Ingram's guy collapses, kick it out to Ingram, and now Ingram's got the, the mismatch as well. So it's just one of those things. Zion Williamson, he's just been dominant. I just hope that New Orleans can find more success because right now they're the 11 seed in the Western Conference, 12 or 11, and they just definitely need to be a lot better than what they are, especially with the talent they have on this team. But they're definitely starting to turn things around for sure. He's getting a lot of shots up in games. That's the thing. Zion, he's definitely been uh, shooting near 20 times a game, making near 10 field goals a game. So, it, I mean, he's got his days for sure. Um, but he's definitely been dominant, and I, I'm excited to see this kid's future because the sky's the limit for him. Number nine on my list for most valuable forwards this year, Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat. Now, it's interesting. We haven't heard a lot about the Heat this year just because they aren't super good, but Jimmy's still been putting up insane numbers. That's the thing. So far this season, 21.7 points a game on 49% shooting, as well as seven rebounds and 7.2 assists per game, but he's really shown that he can do it all. Honestly, career high in rebounds and assists. Uh, points, not a career high, but field goal percentage, he's definitely been efficient. He's been very efficient, but the real question is, is this Miami team can take things to the next level. I mean, obviously the addition of Victor Oladipo has been huge for them, but I mean, they got to see how he can play together with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and they have a lot of talent, so I'm not sure why this team has not been successful. Uh, they're seventh right now in the Eastern Conference, so they're they're tied with Boston, uh, but Boston has a tiebreaker, and so it looks like they're probably going to have to play in. But I mean, Miami, they're they're a good team, and so you definitely can't count them out. I mean, the NBA is just so stacked this year. This Eastern Conference is loaded with talent, and so it's just one of those things that you have Miami at the seventh seed after that Finals run they made uh, last year. You you never can really test how good they are, especially with Jimmy Butler. You know he steps up in the big moments. We see this all the time. Uh, he contributes where his team needs him, which I think is huge because when you're looking at a very valuable player, you need someone that can fill the, the gaps every single night, and Jimmy Butler uh, sure enough does that for his team. Lastly on this list, number 10, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram... Uh, Definitely been a little bit quieter this year, obviously just because the Pelicans don't get the hype that they used to, um, obviously not being as successful, but he's averaging a career high in points and assists, uh, 24.2 points a game, 47% from the field, 4.8 assists and five rebounds. Definitely getting the job done offensively, just as Pelicans team can't win games. Brandon Ingram, a lot of similarities to Kevin Durant, uh, just the size in his frame, how quick he moves, he can get any shot he wants whenever he wants, uh, his pull-ups are so clean, his step back, just his handle's so quick for his size and he's so lengthy, a uh, good defender as well, just because of his size, but I think that, like I said, this Pelicans team, for these two guys, Zion and Ingram, to get the recognition they deserve, they got to start winning basketball games because... You look at their numbers, very similar to Paul George and Kawhi, but Paul George and Kawhi are number three in the West, and Zion and Ingram are number 11 or 12 in the West. And so it's just one of those things, you know, you got to get respect. Uh, not only numbers are going to do it for you, you got to win. And I think that's something that's huge, uh, especially when you look at Russell Westbrook. I mean, his teams haven't been winning. Now they are, but um, most of his career, they haven't been as good as they should be. And so I think that's Something that definitely cuts you short of the ceiling that you have uh, just with potential and recognition. And so I think that if Ingram can uh, 
him and Zion can figure things out and see who's going to be the number one option. I think that's huge. I like what Stan Van Gundy's done, though. Moved Zion mostly into the paint and Ingram outside just because last year that was a huge question for them, uh, who's their number one option. But clearly Ingram's their number one perimeter option and Zion's their number one paint option. But definitely great things from Brandon Ingram this season. Always been a great player, always will be. Um, but I'm definitely hoping to see the Pelicans take that next step. But as for today, that's all I have for you. That's my top 10 list of forwards uh, in the NBA. This definitely was hard. There's a lot of good people that didn't make this list. Uh, you look at Norman Powell, phenomenal season. Pascal Siakam. Uh, you look at Kristaps Porzingis, Tobias Harris, who's had a phenomenal season. Um, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely good options. Jeremy Grant, uh, Christian Wood. So, you know, it's just one of those things. But like I said, it really comes down to who's getting the win-losses done at the end of the day, and a lot of these players are, and uh, they're definitely averaging north of 24 points a game, all of them except AD, so you know, that just shows why these guys are on this list, um, but yeah, that's all I have for you today. I look forward to you guys tuning into my next episode next week. I'll be providing my list of the top centers and big men in the NBA, but thanks so much for checking out another episode. Feel free to leave a five-star rating. I'd love to see any feedback or questions you have that I can answer in my next uh, podcast episode. Have a good week, you guys.